Welcome to News Over Brews, the only podcast that breaks down the best of this week's pop culture over a nice cold beer. Sponsored by PopBreak.com. I am your host and moderator, Al Manorino. Welcome back to News Over Brews. Very special episode today. We kicked Ryan out. Yes, we did. Finally. Yes. So we kicked him out all the way to Punta Cana with his girlfriend and his all-expense-paid trip. Is that a vacation? I think. Yeah, I think that's what you generally call a vacation. So he, so he's allowed it's to come back. I mean, maybe not. There was a hiccup with his passport, so he actually might be stuck in Punta Cana forever. No one's gonna miss him. No, no, it'll be fine. We we'll just keep having guest guest hosts. Did we at least replace him? We did. There's a gentleman. I don't want to just. I don't want to alarm you, but there's a gentleman sitting to your left. Oh shit! <laughs> um, well, you want to introduce him? I should. Um, gentleman sitting to Al's left goes by another name. That name is Todd Kaiser. Hi, how you doing? Todd, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for uh, inviting me. I uh, was glad you guys are into beer and reviewing stuff. So sounds like it's gonna be a good time. We like to think it is. We try. We try, anyway. And the Worst 30- case scenario, we get drunk and talk about bullshit. Yeah. Uh, the 32 people who listen to us uh, also <laughs> seem to enjoy our show. Yes. And if you're one of those 32 people, thank you. As always, tell your friends, please. Oh, God. Oh, shit, we dropped. We're down to 31. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, so, Todd was kind enough to share beer with us. What did he bring us? He brought us a sour. Ooh. Which we all love, and we got hooked on after Boston, which we've mentioned a bunch of times. Yes. Uh, love Child Number 5 from Boulevard. Uh, Todd, you want to kind of intro this beer a little bit? Why you picked it up and what you were kind of expecting or hoping from it? Well, I've had all the other ones in the Smokestack series by uh, Boulevard. They had a c- coffee stout. Uh, they had a, a quad that I think I might have I might have given you. Yeah, I haven't yeah. had it yet. Haven't had it yet? And he hoards beer. That It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And uh, I know this beer just came to New Jersey probably three or four months ago. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, have to have it. And right now, I don't think anybody here is complaining. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, like I said, we, you know, we'd gotten the sours kind of, and it was one of those things that we didn't avoid. We just never really picked up. Um, it's, an, it's an interesting style. For sure. Oh, it's definitely an acquired taste because um, I don't know. As soon as you hear the word sour, you're not no. going to be like, "Oh, let me get that." Mm-hmm. You know. Well, it's funny. You know, I, I have a, a couple of friends that I'm introducing to craft beer, and one of them I said, "Oh, you know, you might like sours," and they said, "Oh, what's a sour?" I said, "Well, it's a beer that they in- intentionally infect." And she goes, "Oh, I don't know how I feel about that." And I said, "Well, <laughs> doesn't make it sound. Good. Don't think of it like that. <laughs> uh, it's not going to make you sick, um, but it will make you reconsider what you think is." good beer because you'll be like wow i didn't know that infected beer mm. could taste this good yeah if someone's getting into craft beer don't start i would sours. never i would never give them a sour like i had to like ease my way into craft beer i was always uh, a hard liquor kind of drinker or you know um vodka and you're more of a corona man i'm more of a corona man no uh but you know i wasn't really a big beer drinker and then i i, I eased in uh with uh, my dogfish head uh 90 minute which is not really easing <laughs> in at all. But comes to think easing of it, in. Here's a worldwide stout and a KBS. Exactly. Have fun. No, I, I started with you know like terrapin and dogfish, and you know I moved my way up, and then uh, yeah, I, I never had a sour until we went to Boston, and I was like, wow, these are really cool. And I always describe it as like really just like having like one of those warhead candies. 
And it's funny that you brought up a Dogfish 90 Minute because I never liked IPAs. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand IPAs. And my buddy was like, hey, you want to trade me three KBSs for three Heady Toppers? And I'm like... (laughs) I'm a Heady Topper. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a... Sure. I've looked it up. It's rated like the number one beer in the world. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been hooked on IPAs. (laughs) So even though I've started at the top and I'm, you know, slowly going down, it's still double IPAs are... Pretty, uh, pretty stout where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dave is the one who, uh, Dave, who we went to Boston with, yeah, who has been on the show before. He actually was the one who brought us Heady Topper, and mm-hmm. we, we fell in love. Well, it's funny. The first, the first beer that I ever had in my life um, was Steel Reserve. The second beer that I had, which was the morning after, was a Squall IPA from Dogfish Head. And that, the first sip I had, that I was like, "This is the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life." <laughs> and then the second sip, I was like, "But wait a second, <laughs> but wait." <laughs> There's uh come to think of it. Come to think of it. And and I've I've gone through my phases and like I I, I do like IPAs. Ruin Ten, which just came out, is actually my one of my favorite beers of all time. Mm-hmm. So I think I have like a, a I don't like resiny IPAs. I like floral, fruity, planty, piney, okay. not nothing too like concentrated or crazy. Um But this is uh this is definitely something special. Uh I'm getting like first of all the smell when we open the bottle. Like you could just immediately smell. Like yeah. fruit, and you could see, like that that typical like sour smell. I don't know I how to big, describe I it. I got a, the only the first smell. I got like a really boozy, really boozy smell, and it's an eight point you know eight point two what eight point three or anything eight point two eight point two percent beer. So I mean it's it's a pretty pretty good alcohol percentage, but uh, like I said after that initial uh, sniff, I didn't uh, I didn't really get that mm-hmm. anymore. Now I'm just smelling that. Uh, I taste like zero booze. I know. At all. I know. <laughs> I know. It's w- definitely one of those beers you can have for, well, by drinking it now, you could say you could have a bunch of them, but who knows in the long run. Yeah. You, if you had to drink a whole thing of this yourself, by then you'd be sound more like I could drink like six yeah. more of these. This is sessionable. <laughs> I think you missed an S yeah. there. <laughs> uh, yeah, the smell was like nuts. Um, as soon as I cracked open the bottle, I came in a uh, corked, uh, what is this, one pint, nine... That's a bomber. Yeah, 7.50. Yes. Um, Standard bomber. And, uh, yeah, no, and it, the taste is just great. It's crazy. Um, as is, I think, becoming tradition, we'll let the guest kind of go first with the taste, and yes. then we'll we'll pick it up after, so take it away, Todd. All right. Yeah, taste oh. it up. All right, I'll try it. Let's see yeah, how take it is. Take a sip. The LPJ sip, the sip before the review. Yeah, we do like seven to ten sips, sips before yeah. the review. <laughs> It's definitely probably one of the best sours I've had. You know, I've had Rodenbach, I've had Avery, I've had whatever the Arlington carries, you know? All the crazy stuff? Yeah, whatever they have, I order. I'm like, oh yeah, give me that. And this one is up there. It's it's definitely one of those beers, if you can get a hold of it, I'd get a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was only lucky to get one of them, but... I'd rather share my beer than drink it alone, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. <laughs> Uh, Al, um, what can I say? I can't. I'm drinking. I'm, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm. I'm really. Uh, I'm. I'm really digging it. It's uh, like I said. Since since Boston sours have been my thing now, but at the same time, I haven't gone out of my way to buy any. Uh, we've been just trying. You know, we've been trying a lot of seasonal stuff lately. We went to uh, Hop Sauce. We had a lot of seasonal stuff, and it wasn't like. Uh, Anything rare. Well, I don't think I've had a rare beer in a while. This is probably one of the rarest ones I've had in a long time. Well, it's funny. You, you texted me, or uh, you might have been talking to me, um, 
Like, oh, dude, Victory released uh, Victory released a sour. Was that me? Yeah, you you said, oh, dude, Victory released a sour. Did you get it in? I'm like, yeah, we got it in like three weeks ago. He's like, oh, really? I said, yeah, and we sold out of it three weeks ago. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for picking it up for me. Um, but yeah, no, this is like, this is nuts. Uh, hold on one second. Well, while you're drinking. Um, yeah, I, like I said, there, there was that initial booze smell in the beginning. Um, sessionable beyond belief, but at the same time... Todd already mentioned, like, you know, it will probably uh, kick your ass towards the end, so I, I wouldn't recommend chugging a bottle of this. I would definitely share it amongst friends just because it's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely sour. Um, it's, uh, carbonation is not crazy, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, you, too much carbonation takes away from, like, the different, like, to use a term that I already hate before I say it, the delicate flavors. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's true though, because there's like the first sip. I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what it was gonna taste like. Um, you've got like sour, and you've got that like little funk. Not too much fruit, but any kind of like, like I think this beer would be too sweet if it wasn't for that like Scotch whiskey finish. Mm-hmm. I would actually go more with Scotch, um, but like a very woody, not smoky, uh, but like a woody scotchy kind of undertone that helps to cut out what might end up being like a too acidic or too sweet beer. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like a Macallan 15 that's aged in the co- the oak the oak cask. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, you know, it's funny because as I was thinking, I was like, what scotch does this taste like? It's like, not Lagavulin because Lagavulin's too smoky. Mm-hmm. But the Macallan. It's, clo- it's closest to Macallan. Um, yeah, we'll do that for another time. We'll do a Macallan uh, <laughs> review. Um, New, blind taste. <laughs> blind taste Because couch. we'll be blind by the time we're done drinking. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is, um, out of all the sours I've had, which is a very small list, probably less than ten, I would say this is one of the most sour beers I've had, because I know this because my face is, like, on fire, and I'm sweating. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not hot in here. Oh, it's because of this beer. Mm-hmm. But it's, in a, it's a good way, though. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really... Really powerful in a good way. Yeah. Uh, like a like I said, it, the other flavors that come in underneath it complement the sour and kind of knock it down a few pegs to a point where, like you guys said, it's like sessionable. You could drink the whole well, not sessionable. You could drink the whole bottle by yourself if you're a sour fan and not be like, and not be like, I can't taste anything now. Everything just tastes sour. Because I've had those beers before. Yeah, definitely. Where like you drink it and you go, oh, this isn't too bad, and then you just you go. Oh, God, get it out. Get it out. Um, and then everything tastes like nothing for, you know, the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah, and, like, going back to what you were saying before about the Victory the victory Sour, uh, mm-hmm. Sour Monkey. Yeah. I bought two bottles from, you know, from you. And this one is more complex, you know. The one, the Victory one, mm-hmm. when they, because they, they did a triple and a sour and they combined it. Right. You know, and Gold Monkey... I mean, I'm sure it's everybody's first triple, but it is, it's not. Yeah. It's not the best one out there. Mm-hmm. And the sour, I think the sour kind of masks the actual gold monkey portion of it. So there's mm-hmm. no like banana notes or anything. It's just no. like pure. Well, I will say I had the sour monkey on draft at the Arlington, and it was I thought a little bit better. Well, you know, most things are better on draft. Um, and it tasted kind of like a, a champagne, and but it, then you could taste like that bready, biscuity finish that you get from Belgians at the end, mm-hmm. which was nice. But I think I like this more. Oh, it's ten times better. Um, as much as I love Belgians, and as much as I really like Sour Monkey, I really do. This is, uh, 
There's so much more going on here. And like like I said, Sour Monkey is amazing. Mm -hmm. But this is just absurd. If you just mentioned Sour Monkey, that would have been the indicator of the conversation because you you and Ryan had the Sour Monkey. Right, we did have the Sour Monkey. And I was mad because I love Golden Monkey. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is this their is what we got. Game. We didn't invite you. We had Sour Monkey and a case of White Castle. Yeah. Was how that went down. That sounds like a pretty fun time. That's cool. How was it like dying? Was it fun? <laughs> we were we died and then we were reborn. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's great. Like I, I think I rose poured, like a phoenix. Yeah, I poured some ten fifty in his mouth. I didn't even <laughs> woke up. Oh, ten fifty. Oof. My, they hate it. I love it. I love ten fifty. You just you couldn't drink half of. Them. No, oh no, Ryan. Ryan. Hated it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ryan hated we always it. called it the it was like drinking tar. Yeah, because it pours like motor oil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's black. Uh, but yeah, so uh, what do you, what do you uh, rate this, Luke? Well, I mean, I think I can speak for everybody, and I know I can speak for everybody because we all agreed on this before we hit the <laughs> hit the record button. We don't just exist in a vacuum. We don't just show up and hit record. There are discussions beforehand. We really should, though. Just yeah, one day. Just get right into it. Uh, we all agreed on nine, actually. Yeah. This is one of those few times where we all solid a solid nine. Right across the board, nine. Mm-hmm. Like, like a solid nine, like that girl that's way too hot and you're just never going to talk to. That's right. But... You never know. Get her some love child. Get and her you some got love her. child. <laughs> and you know what would have made this a ten? If it was nine percent. <laughs> if they just wanted that extra mile. <laughs> that extra point eight percent alcohol is really not doing it for you. It's not doing it for you. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I don't really have any complaints. I, I just maybe if uh, if I had a little um, if I wasn't so consumed with the sour and had a little more taste, you get the nodes at the end. But like, I'm not getting like. One, that initial sip, I'm not really getting much. With, I'm getting like, like really hit with the. Do sour. you still have more? Oh no, you ran I, out. I drank Here, it all. Drink the rest of mine. Be careful because a little bit of sediment at the bottom. But remember, I told you like, like drink in and then breathe out through your nose. Yes. Do that thing. Okay. No. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> same. Same thing. All right. Yeah. That's fair. And the, the bottle looks pretty cool. There's, like, oh, stars yeah. on it that are lit up. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually the one to, to always uh, <laughs> specify, like, when I can really, like... Because how crazy competitive the craft beer market is right now, and there's new ones every day, so you really got to stand out. And I just love how some of these companies, like, like Boulevard, are just making their designs, like, very original and, like, putting a lot of effort into, you know, branding. Because, like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of brands out there that, that won't evolve... And like get a little creative. Like, I we love founders, but it's the same thing every time. It's that same kind of setup. What's the one that you mentioned that uh, their the artwork on their bottles are so great? Oh, uh, clown shoes, clown shoes, the one you brought. Yeah, and Twenty First Amendment. Oh yeah. Have you had Have you had Hop Crisis yet? No. No. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a double IPA that's aged in oak vats. It's pretty. uh, Yes. Who makes um? Morning Glory, the espresso. Is that what is a morning? Glory? Oh gosh! With the with the with Old the, Dominion, Old Dominion, Dominion yeah. 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 With the with the the beautiful women of the, uh, the pinup girls, pinup girls, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great too. Like, yeah, like we they have I one can, that's called Double D, right? Double, yeah, Double D espresso yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's a bombshell. Yeah, yeah. bombshell. But yeah, the morning glo- uh, the espresso. Oh, such yeah, good beer. That is a good beer. That's nice. But uh, but yeah, so that's Love Child number five. Um, thanks, Todd, again for. Bringing that over anytime. Now get out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, stick around because we uh, we don't have Ryan anymore, so you have taken his place um, for the time being. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, let's, I guess we'll just jump right into. We don't, uh, we don't have like sponsors. We're not going to a commercial break or anything. And now a word from our sponsors. Does Thank your you. cat make too much noise all the time? <laughs> I don't want to get sued by Wee Sunny. Yeah, no. um, I don't think they would sue us. They could listen to us. They don't listen they can, to us. They can ask us to, to write absolute, a show, write a show for them. Do not listen to us. I can nearly guarantee that. Me too, you. actually. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I guess uh, do you want to you want to talk about beer more? You want to talk uh, more beer? Or do you want to get? Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll do the beer now. Yeah. So because I got to go get a beer. Okay. So you guys can keep yeah. talking. So um, I work at a liquor store, and Todd works at a bar. So this is we're the two most qualified people here to talk about this. Um, not not your father's root beer. Um, has been has taken the country by storm. Everybody wants it. Women want it. Men want to be it. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's absurd. It's I've never like because rare beers when they come out, like they're only rare because the, they're limited. The beer right? community wants them. Yeah. Like and you know they it's it's fun because like the people come in and they go like oh you know uh, do you have like this and like oh you know you sure we'll sell you a bottle and they go like oh you know okay thank you so much like. Do you mind if I tell my friends that you have it? I said, yeah, but they can only buy one, and they're totally understanding. So with this Not Your Father's Root Beer thing, they're backordered, like, I heard, like, 20,000 cases. Yeah, here it's going like crazy. I know uh, the guy at Spirits told me uh, they went through 20 cases in, like, three days. I think we went through 40 cases in, in three days, but that was selling one six-pack at a time. Okay. Uh, we stopped letting people buy cases of it because it's just... Like, it's absurd. And, and people were getting, like, really annoyed that we only would let them buy. And we had to try to explain it. Um, but, yeah, so if you haven't heard of it, it's an ale brewed with spices is what they say. And it's made to taste just like root beer, but it's not a hard root beer. It's a beer that tastes like root beer. Um, it kind of seems like it's they're trying to go off that Mike's Hard Lemonade and... Twisted tea. Yeah. It seems it, like they're trying to make beer into like one of those things that I'm not saying beer's undrinkable, but too drinkable, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. It's like the Smirnoff ice. You know, you couldn't you couldn't do the Smirnoff vodka, but we're gonna make a, a, a very <laughs> low percentage drink so you can uh, get drunk with your girlfriends. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. It, it's weird because like, you know, you beer is like malt, hops, yeast, water. Right and like this, not your father's. I've had it. I don't. I don't particularly like it. I will. I will clearly show my bias towards the fact that I do not like it. Why is that? Um, it's too sweet. It's the vanilla is too overpowering. There is. It, it's, we're gonna get into. We're like I said. We're gonna yeah. do an episode. We're gonna do the review. But just like initial. Yeah. Reaction. It, I just like at first I was like, wow, this is really cool. It tastes just like root beer. And then I remember that I gave up soda four years ago. And I actually don't want to drink an entire bottle of root beer, let alone a six-pack. Let alone a six-pack of root beer that has 6% alcohol and cost me $12. 13 after tax. After That's the, crazy. After you pay the big man upstairs. Um, but The owner of the liquor store. <laughs> no, taxes. Oh, that guy. Ta- taxes. Uh, okay, God. I thought you were talking God. <laughs> yeah, sound like... It's a Christie joke. Oh, it's a Christie um, Gotcha. He's pocketing all that. You know yeah. that. <laughs> He's getting rich off that root beer tax. <laughs> Like Scrooge McDuck's women. Probably has it on like a or water fountain. Or he's drinking all place. the root beer, and that's where it's going. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll get a review of it later. But I just wanted to talk about like how much it's you know, I mean, everyone's asking for it at the liquor store. Are they asking for it at the bar. 
Well, we actually just got a couple cases in. Um, I don't sell it back where I work. Mm-hmm. Like, I work in a separate bar. But, you know, it's just one of those things that's drinkable for everybody. If you like root beer, why won't you like root beer that's beer? Mm-hmm. You know? I particularly, I haven't had it yet, and I don't... I'll try it eventually, but I'm not going to go crazy and say, Oh my god, this is the best freaking thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Because I've had too many beers to realize what's really good beer, what's good beer, what's bad beer, and what's fake beer. Yeah, that last category. it's just one of those things that gives people the right to say they drink craft beer. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like, oh, you were drinking Coors Light all week for, you know, like you had a case of it in a week because it's your favorite beer. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, oh, I'm going to drink craft beer, but it's not your father's root beer. Well, it is, I, it I was going to say, it is owned by PBR. Well, it, it's weird, because it's like, the brewery exists and has existed for a while. Mm-hmm. But this specific product, the Not Your Father's Root Beer, it, the, now the brewery is like, a, a portion of it's owned by PBR, and the, the Not Your Father's that's being sold is not made at the brewery, it's being contract brewed, which is fine, a lot of places contract brew, at the same place that Fusion, which is responsible for Four Loco. And it's made at the same plant, which is, like, a whole bunch of other malt beverages, like Smirnoff Ice and Four Loco. And, like, people talk about, oh, is this beer? Is it just a fermented malt beverage? Because mm-hmm. um, the, the brewer claims that there's Willamette hops in it. I, I Do you taste them? No. <laughs> I don't taste a single hop. I think that that beer might actually repel hops away from it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's just that it's really the big, uh, the big factor in it. Is just how how it blew up on social media. Oh my god! And word of mouth because just like Four Loco, for us that was the um, well maybe the first couple of years of college that was the epitome of, of the college yeah, beverage it because it like it hit like Red Bull hit like it was just it blew up. It turned you into a raging god. Alcoholic yes. caffeine without mixing anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but just just that concept alone, like oh well, it's alcohol in, with caffeine in a can for three dollars. That's a that's a BuzzFeed article right there, and, and you know, and those things spread very fast. And I remember seeing it online, even before you said it, or even before you know, uh, I saw it. In, I never even saw it in a store yet. I've only seen it people talking about it online. Here's how I know it's bad. When a, a girl that I know who doesn't drink, and when I say doesn't drink, I mean like not, you know, she'll drink every other weekend or really doesn't drink at all, stopped drinking 10 years ago. She's like, oh my God, I had to get it. It's so cool. I'm like, all right. But you don't even drink. But you don't even drink. <laughs> so like, why are you trying? Like, this is going to get you into drinking? You don't drink. So like, what is it about it? And is it just because it's word of mouth? Or is it because, oh, it's one of those, like, gateway beers? You know, something that can get you it's into it. It's definitely not a gateway beer. So, that's yeah. what's that's why I'm intrigued to try it, but at the same time, I'm going to be... I feel like I'm going to be either disappointed or just angry at the end of it. Well, as, somebody, I even go as somebody who has had it, I can tell you that um, it's definitely not a gateway beer. Because, I mean, to me, it's not beer. 46 grams of sugar per bottle. Ugh. Like, yeah. vanilla extract... It's just, you know, and this is coming from me. My motto on this show is, like, if you like it, just drink it and don't give a shit what anybody thinks about you. Like, I, you know, I looked through a fridge. I came back from the beach today, and I looked through a fridge, and there was, like, uh, Lefebvre Blonde and Prickly Pear from Shinerbach and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know what I grabbed? 
I grabbed a Coors Light all the way in the back of the fridge. That's refreshing. And it was shit. delicious. It was great. Yeah. You know, so like, there's like, you're not going to get any judgment from me on what you're drinking, but no, this is just, I don't know, it just it just doesn't seem like craft beer, and it feels a little disingenuous. Yeah. To have the you look at the website, it's like, it's like, cra- it's like small town craft beer, and the brewery is called Small Town Brewery, which is whatever, but it's like, it's like somebody took. We looked around at all the different craft beer websites and like arranged them on a board. It was like, this is how we have to make it now. It's too good to be like, true. It's too nice of a website. It's too homey. It all it feels very wrong. So it's like you're going to uh, like a home country breakfast place, but they're getting their food from Denny's, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that that's exactly what it feels like to me. I mean, because you know, and again, if you like it, you can just drink it. I don't care. But like the the marketing campaign behind it, the way that it blew up all over Facebook and and Pinterest, fucking Pinterest. Um, I can't believe you know what Pinterest is. Oh my god, it's. I feel like Pinterest is responsible for the death of of men everywhere. Like the moral death, the mental death, the mental exhaustion. I actually, I want to say it's the death of creativity, because the the people on it that are creative are creating these things and they're awesome, like these do-it-yourself projects and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then people are just taking that and say, oh, "I'm going to do that." And, and it always comes out terribly. It depends <laughs> on what it is. Like my, my my girlfriend's a teacher and she'll go on the teaching Pinterest and she'll find all these activities to do with her students. I said, why don't you come with your own? She's like, no, I, I just get it from Pinterest. <laughs> and it, yeah, it saves her time, but I'm like, mm-hmm. but you're not contributing to it. So it's like, so pretty soon they're going to just stop putting things <laughs> on there. So put it this way. If I ever see someone drinking Not Your Father's Root Beer in a bar, I'll probably go up to them and be like, oh, you're drinking craft beer? And then probably give them a little sly remark after they yeah, say little, yes. Little, little sly. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like, so they're, they're like, you know, like Blue Moon... It's made by Miller Coors, but I still we're drinking as right now. We're drinking the Blue Moon White IPA, which and it's is fucking delicious. Great, it's great. It's um, awesome. You know uh, what was the beer that we were uh, Third Shift? I love like, that beer. We love Third Shift. Amber um, Lager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michelob Amber. I had it. Was delicious. So like you know, just because it's made by a big guy doesn't mean it can't be good. Yeah. But I also feel like it doesn't taste enough like beer to get someone hooked on beer. Like mm. I think the only thing they'll drink. Is not your father's yeah. because there's no. And other if th- they go and try to try and branch out and say, "Oh, let me go try, you know, this love child. Let me try a blooming white IPA." Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not your father's root beer. Well, yeah, it's not because it doesn't. It's not supposed to be. It's beer. Yeah. Well, it doesn't even taste like a hard root beer, which other people have made. You know, like they take a they make a root beer and then they ferment it and they you know do whatever to it. This just tastes like. I mean, we won't get into the, the whole thing because yeah. we're going to review it later, but. Um, it just doesn't taste like anything else out there, so I feel like this is like you get into this and you don't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, and it's funny because I'm such a big craft beer guy. Like mm-hmm. you know, I come into the store five minutes after you text me what what mm-hmm. the new stuff is, yeah. and uh, I have uh, see here a sentimental value to some of the big beer companies because one of the first beers I ever had, I mean, I wasn't 21 yet, but was Shock Top, okay. and that's what, Anheuser-Busch, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, Anheuser-Busch, and that's a big company, and it's just their ver- uh, their version of Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. And I think Shock Top, if it's the only beer on tap that looks ap- appealing, I'll get it. Their chocolate pretzel. Should they chocolate pretzel? There's a chocolate pretzel beer? Yeah, it's oh, good. Well, we have it. Get, we get, had it. Get sold it. out. I'm just kidding. No, we still have it. Get it to me. Um, <laughs> Sounds amazing. But yeah, so look look forward to our review of Not Your Father's Root Beer at some point. Um, 
Oh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, you were telling me out that Coney Island Brewing is coming out with their own root beer, so maybe we'll do like a like a no holds barred slugfest. Yeah, um, I think we've done that before. Well, we've done like round tables. We you brought a bunch of beer mm-hmm. back from Boston your uh, one of your first trips. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I think we can do maybe either like a blind taste test. We'll make Ryan our guinea pig. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Which which one's Coney Island? Which one's not your father's? Which one's just root beer? Yeah, and which one, <laughs> so Ryan? One of these is Coney Island. One of these is not your father's, and one of these is root beer with a shot of rat poison in it. Yeah, uh, it is up to you to figure out which one it is. <laughs> you have five minutes to live. Uh, the antidote, if he ever uh, comes back. Yeah, exactly. Gonna, I don't think he's coming. No, back. he's kind of coming back. He's no. gonna get burned to a crisp in Putacana. Yes. Please, you said he's in Putacana. I went to Ocean City, Maryland, for three days. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to come back, you know. And I just went for three days. Yeah, and that's and it's Maryland. That's <laughs> 180 miles away. You yeah. know. He's like a couple thousand. Maybe he'll get lost. I've, I've done that. Yeah. Get lost on the way back to the hotel. I just end up swimming in circles in the pool. Oh my god. Unable to find the ladder, like a like a sim when you take the ladder away. <laughs> He just keeps swimming around in the pool until he drowns and dies. <laughs> I can't wait till he hears this. He can't even hear because there's no internet in Putacana. No, there is. He's got Wi-Fi. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell him to download this episode. Yeah. This will be fun. That's that. That's awesome. I mean, fun for us, not for him. Oh, yeah, no. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> well, so moving now away from craft beer, um, we did want to talk about something pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, it, we did. Things happened. Things did happen. Uh, San Diego, uh, which... Uh, uh, I should have been there. Instead of working all week. San Diego Comic-Con, um, also known as Mecca for nerds. Mm-hmm. It is it is the dream. It is something that you want to go to um, if you're a big comic book, uh, video game, movie, TV buff, all of it. You, you want to be there. And uh, tickets sold out in, I think, an hour this year. And that's... Single day, two day, three day, four day, VIP. Everything. Everything. Even the tickets just to get into the parking lot and they make you stand outside. Exactly. You know? The ticket, the flight to San Diego, <laughs> those sold out now. The ticket to be able to get a ticket. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the, the one place you want to be. It's like the epicenter for all things uh, pop culture and, um, you know, it's where Hollywood over the years has made it the the stage for where they announce all their big projects or they show first, you know, uh, they reveal a lot of things there, you know, whether it's new footage or, um, you know, casting decisions, all that kind of stuff they'll bring in at San Diego Comic-Con. This year, however, um, wasn't a lot of surprises in the sense of, you know, this person's directing this, this person's going to be in this. It was more like, um, you know... We're going to show you some footage from stuff that you know is coming out, but now you're going to fucking wish is coming out tomorrow. And that's, uh, uh, surprisingly, Marvel was completely absent from uh, the whole movie side. Their television side was there. So they, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, Agent, uh, Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter were there. They were showing upcoming stuff for the new season. Marvel movies were not there. Ant-Man comes out next month. They don't need to pro- promote that. Mm-hmm. And the next movie after that is Civil War, and that's next summer. So they don't really have anything that they need to promote. They don't have any footage yet for Civil War. So they just were completely absent. And that let Warner Brothers, also known as DC Comics, they got to shine. Um, you know, they, they, they announced that they're going to make the next Green Lantern movie. It's going to be called Green Lantern Corps which gives hints that it's not just going to be about uh, the one white Green Lantern. 
Hal Jordan. You might have you might see John Stewart in there. Maybe Guy Gardner. What was your stance on the first Green Lantern movie? Um, we don't talk about that on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's bad. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Wait, hold on one second before we before we continue. Sure. I enjoyed it. Seth Rogen. Oh, that's Green Hornet. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. Well, as, I, as, it, as, you, as you can tell, I'm not really. That's okay. I, I that came out in like the movies. same year, I think. Honestly, I, that I is liked, confusing. I liked Green Lantern. I thought it was entertaining, but I'm not like super into the con- so. Like whenever we talk about Green Lantern or don't talk about Green Lantern, yeah, I always go, I liked it, and then they disown me. And no. I also liked Green Hornet as well. I like Green Hornet. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, Green Lantern. The reason that movie wasn't it just they didn't treat the property right. In the sense of, uh, first of all, they, they gave they gave uh, Ryan Reynolds, who would a perfect Hal Jordan. He's just he's got the, he's kind of like he's like Chris Evans. You could put him in any role, and he'll be able to like be the perfect fit for it, mm-hmm. just because that's how like versatile he is. They gave him a CGI costume. Now that wouldn't annoy the average person, but like when you look at it, Lazy. like that's fake. No, it's it's expensive and it's useless. Like they made it like very fake looking where they could have just made it a costume like every other person I can go into a whole thing about Green Lantern um, but they announced he has in the past I have in the past <laughs> Green Lantern core you know uh, they're talking about Chris Pine might be playing Hal Jordan they're talking about uh, Tyrese has been mentioning that he wants to play oh, really? John Stewart which I I'm okay with as long as he plays it right you know uh, that would be great they showed the first footage from Suicide Squad which is a sick all-star cast that people are having a lot of problems with because they've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, Jared Leto uh, as the Joker all tatted up, and they're like, this isn't the Joker. You know, we want, like, the Heath Ledger Joker. But, like, they don't give it a chance because they haven't seen anything right. yet. So they showed the first trailer from that. Apparently it was sweet. Um, you know, they showed the Deadpool trailer. Which was awesome. Which apparently, yeah, it leaked online. It's amazing, apparently. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait. Good I'm for you. wait for it. Uh, they showed a little footage from the new X-Men movie. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff, but the, the we know what the winner was. I mean, obviously, we knew it coming in. They're going to show some Batman vs. Superman. And boy, did they. A, th- a three-minute and 30-second trailer. Finally got to see Wonder Woman in action. Um, we saw Batman and Superman fight. Saw Lex Luthor for the first time. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg without the shaved head mm-hmm. in the whole trailer. So I'm guessing that happens towards the end. But, uh, yeah, what did, you, what did you think, Luke? Let's start with you. Well, um, I have a confession to make. I haven't seen Man of Steel. I know, I beat you up before. Um, <laughs> so I, te- I watched the trailer because I was like, dude, watch the trailer. And then I texted him. I was like, oh, the trailer was awesome. But it, could you explain why Batman and Superman are fighting? And it's I- like you want me to hurt you. <laughs> it's like we, we have this pop culture podcast, yet you don't know what pop culture is. All right, so is. I'm, I'm going to watch Man of Steel tonight. You, no, you're not. No, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. But I promise I'll try to watch it this week after I'm done with Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, Which you've not caught up on. I'm close. You're close. Um, so I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Um, aside from the fact that I don't understand yet why they're fighting, I can very easily pick out a few moments in the trailer that are, like, are going to be cool. You know, like the, the some sort of mech suit that Batman is wearing. Yes. Um, I believe uh, I saw soldiers wearing a Superman patch on their arm. During one part of the trailer, Possibly. which I'm not sure why that is, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope so. It's going to be the movie. Uh, but you know what I was really impressed with? I was impressed by the scope of the action, but also the intimacy of the action, yeah. too. Like, it looks like they're going to have big battles, 
but then like the trailer ends and it's Batman yeah. ripping open the doors of the Batmobile. Superman. Sorry, Superman ripping open the doors of the Batmobile, and Batman stands up yeah. and they just look at each other. Yeah, it's so Zack Snyder because this is the guy who filmed 300. That was his first directorial feature, and he filmed it in a warehouse. And the movie looks like you know it's just I mean, it's, it's the scope of that movie is insane, and they filmed the whole thing in a goddamn warehouse. Crazy, and uh, you know, and then the guy who is the only person who could have done the best work on Watchmen. No one else could have done what he did with that property. I think any anyone else in in the director's chair for that movie would have fucked it up in some way. And he was faithful to it to an extent that is plausible and like is uh, tried to make the studio a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if that movie came out a little later, you know, past. Um, I think it was it was the year after Dark Knight. It came a little couple years after. I think we would have. Uh, I think it would have been a bigger success than it was once people really started getting into like the Marvel franchise and all these movies. And I love that movie, Watchmen. Uh, but uh, Todd, I know you're not a huge superhero nerd like I am, obviously. But uh, what did you think of the trailer? No, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, I've been waiting for another something, you know, like Batman, Superman to come out again. Yeah. And because I've seen all the recent Batman, yep. you know, with Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can remember seeing the ones with uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. You know, so. But I'm actually, I'm not a huge superhero guy. Mm-hmm. But if something comes out and everybody's talking about it, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see it. So and, you've seen the Avengers and Iron yeah, Man. All, yeah, and all that's great. I, I think in Iron Man, that's one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. That, that series is great. It really it really made the superhero... Uh, it really, like, kind of started uh, this, like, renaissance, too. Like, because we had Spider-Man and X-Men. They really, like... They're like, all right, superhero movies are going to make bank. But then everyone started making these superhero movies, and they didn't care about how the quality was. So they made, like, Fantastic Four and, the, you know, the Punisher sequels and just shit on shit on shit and not caring about these franchises. It wasn't until Marvel came back and said, all right, listen... Let's take reins. Let's let's take control of this. We'll we'll start with Iron Man and kind of grow from there. And that's what it did. And now, you know, these are some of the best films, the ones we look forward to the most mm-hmm. each summer. Um, you know, just talking about this trailer, it was just epic, yeah. epic in in scope and the cinematography looks so good. And then, you know, they the reason that they he they casted Ben Affleck in this role is because they wanted an aged. Batman, a veteran Batman, mm-hmm. and he said he's been pr- protecting Gotham for twenty years in the trailer, mm-hmm. and you see he's walking to a burnt down Wayne Manor, but mm-hmm. he still has this beautiful Batcave, and in the Batcave you see a suit written on graffiti and it says uh, "Jokes on you," and it's the Joker's handwriting, and it's Robin's suit, the second Robin who died, Jason mm-hmm. Todd. So like they're really getting into the Batman mythos a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, having having that in there is just like, you know, the, the nerds are just handing the money over. Like, well, so for you, is that, like, seeing that shot, I mean, not only is that shot being included in the movie, but that shot's in the trailer, is that, like, a, a good sign to you that this movie's going to be handled really I well? I mean, that is just, like, the attention to detail. All right, so I'll, we'll, we'll say this, and a lot of people have been posting this online. There's a shot of um, Batman, he's on the wall, and he goes and he shoots, uh, like, the, the line launcher mm-hmm. over to the next building, whatever. But the shot, right before he does that, 
lightning strikes in the background, and it's the it's it's the cover of the Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller, uh, the book that is inspiring basically this f- conflict between Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. That rugged, jacked-looking Batman, that aged Batman. That's Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns in the '80s. That is the seminal work that made superhero books serious. That and Watchmen mm-hmm. are what turned campy superhero comics and made it dark and serious in the 80s. That's where that's where it took off. That's where you got people like Frank Miller, Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman. These are the people that kind of... Grant Morrison. Those writers emerged and what, you know, brought comics into, like, what it is today. So, like, seeing that translated onto the screen mm-hmm. is... It's heaven for us, you know. It's it's it's. I can't even speak. All right, I have a question for you. <laughs> Go. So, are these all related to the last Dark Knight Returns when uh, Bat when uh, Robin comes back? To the no. So so what they what they said was, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns. That's Christopher Nolan's trilogy. It's a standalone. Okay. It ends with Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So basically, it's showing that that Batman. Um, has handed off the reins to someone else, and the little Robin thing at the end was he wasn't really Robin, but it was just a little call to the you okay. know the franchise and all that. And with Man of Steel, the Superman film that came out in 2012, that's the start of this DC universe. Okay, that's uh, and then Batman Superman's kind of the one that's going to start the Justice League. You got Wonder Woman in there. Uh, Aquaman's going to make an appearance. Uh, Cyborg is going to make an appearance in there as well. They're going to try to make this Justice League in a different way than Marvel did. Marvel did individual films leading up to the Avengers. They're trying it a little different. They want to do um, like a half team up, then the big team up film, and then they're going to branch off, do a Green Lantern movie, do a Wonder Woman movie, you know, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Aquaman would be great. Aquaman would be awesome. As and- long as. Vinny Chase isn't playing Aquaman. What? I think I, think, I want I, Vinny Chase. No, <laughs> Vinny Chase is the best. He'd be no. the worst. No, no, that, that is funny though. Everyone always says that, and like I always see that in comments. You can't like, picture that guy in freaking action films. You kidding me? No, you can't picture him in any film besides Entourage, and that movie wasn't even that good. And I love Entourage. I didn't even see it, and I have the whole yeah, the whole thing of Entourage. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, so um, I, I mean, I've said before that I really like the gritty superhero films. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I like what Marvel does when they like throw in a couple of jokes here and there because it, it feels more like a comic book mm-hmm. where like you know they have the serious bits and the funny bits and the jokes in between yeah. and like the references and stuff. But um, Todd, you said you remember seeing like the Michael Keaton films, and I guess have you seen the George Clooney Batman's and all oh, that yeah. stuff with him and uh, I, I forget the other guy, but it was Batman and Robin. Batman yeah, Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, do you prefer like? The campy superhero because like Adam West is pretty campy. Michael Keaton was like kind of on the border. George Clooney was very campy. You know what though? Adam West was campy, and he wasn't perceived that way until Michael Keaton. Because when the Tim Burton movie that was very gothic and very serious at the time, mm-hmm. like they were that was the first time that the the book was kind of getting translated because it's 1989. It's after Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. They're getting that inspiration, very dark and brooding. So now we look at it because it was 1989. We look at it, we're like, wow, that's fucking campy. Mm-hmm. Christian Bell's kicking ass. You know, Ben Affleck's kicking ass. But at that time, everyone was like, fuck Adam West, dude. Michael Keaton's the shit. He's the Batman now. So would you would you like to see it continue maybe as like this 
this super dark brooding Batman or like would you kind of like to see a little bit of maybe a different Batman series or maybe like inside the thing like do you prefer the dark brooding like grim stuff or do you like that kind of humor that goes into it I don't know because I know when people talk about it, they say like the Michael Keaton one he was like so laid back and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he became Batman and then you had the Christian Bale who was a tough guy you know he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm Batman," and he wore like the the big the big suit. Yeah. Like it seems like each each one like the suit gets bigger, you know. <laughs> it, and it's it's true yeah, just yeah. because it's you know technology gets better mm-hmm. and they can show like more definition in the suit and everything. Ben Affleck got jacked. Ben Affleck is jacked. In this he movie got now. huge for this movie. It's crazy. And like I said, because they they want to perceive him as a more veteran aged Batman. As I'm burping up my Blue Moon White IPA. Not sponsored, though. Yeah, not, not <laughs> sponsored. But if you want to sponsor us, though. Blue Moon slash Miller Coors. Hit us, us up. Hit us up. We'll no. sell ourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> For not very much. Not much at all. <laughs> Throw us a beer once in a while. We're not really that picky. A, a case a month. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Maybe it's 20 bucks. Yeah, they, 20 bucks. <laughs> they break a case like, a month. We gotta keep the lights on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm just... I'm really excited. I, 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 I can't believe what I saw. Um... I just hope that he's not putting too much into it. You're introducing Lex Luthor. You're introducing this conflict between Batman and Superman. You're also trying to throw Wonder Woman in there and Aquaman and Cyborg and like all this stuff. Like, and you have to get, you have to. Now you have to show us a Bruce Wayne that has been through 20 years of being Batman. Mm-hmm. How is his relationship with Alfred? Is he between Robins? We now know that a Robin has has either. Uh, died or left. I would imagine he'd be between Robins. So that means, though, yeah. now Nightwing is in existence because that Robin that that died that's isn't that's Nightwing the, s- the first Robin coming back. Correct. I know stuff. You know stuff because yeah, it's from the it's from the the nineties animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know it's been around. Like that's the cool thing about Batman is uh, Hollywood didn't realize this until this movie that you don't have to give us an origin every ten minutes because guess what. Fucking know it. We know who Batman is. We know who Batman is. We know who Batman is, Superman, and Spider Man. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die every movie. I don't need to see uh, a planet blowing up and all that shit for Superman. I know the origin. It's been in there since the fucking 40s. You know? Mm -hmm. So, but in this movie, they have to treat the audience like it's their first movie. Because it's Batman versus Superman. It's not Superman 2. So you gotta show, you know, we saw a little scene of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as, as, uh, possibly. uh, Probably. It, it, probably. Yeah. Jeffrey D. Morgan is playing, um, you know, Bruce Wayne's father. Which seems like a really interesting choice, because for Bruce Wayne's father, he's, like, ostensibly going to be in the movie for, like, five seconds before he gets murdered. Spoiler alert, Batman's parents are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, why would they put such a... Now, that, that scene is, is not needed, but I guess maybe if they want to do some kind of context, like I said, it's, it's someone's... Just like Stan Lee said that every comic is someone's first comic. It's like, it's like trying to get Morgan Freeman to play Helen Keller. Like, you're wasting, you're wasting something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand, but yeah. like, but like, if, alright, so, if, if you see on the, on a rack of comics, Spider-Man number 45, just throwing that number out there, but, you open it up, you don't want to be like in the middle of a conflict. You need to show the reader, like, the context of why they're in this fight. So you give a little background info on the page. Mm-hmm. That's what these movies have to do now because Iron Man 3 can be Todd's first Iron Man movie. 
if Todd didn't see the first two, and he goes with his friends and he sees it and like, I'm fucking lost. That's I not gonna happen. Two You're an idiot. But that's besides the point. But like that's <laughs> that's the thing is they have to provide a little bit of context in there, even if it's repetitive, just to um, make sure that no one's lost in the film. So um, I'm just hoping that they can jam all this stuff in without making it feel uh, oversat, like without making it feel oversaturated. Yeah. No, no, that'd be good. You don't want it to be too scattered because yeah, you know. Someone would be like, oh, well, what's going to happen here? And mm-hmm. then people would be like, lose, that, that's how people lose interest. That, and you, you don't know? want anything being left on the floor as well. Like, you don't want to be like, you know, uh, a conflict between, uh, or, you know, introducing Wonder Woman. And that's so important because there is no, there is, there's Black Widow. Where's the other female superheroes? They are B and C, maybe even D characters in the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. That's it. Catwoman? She was, in, she was in Dark Knight Rises, yeah. and she was good in it. That's that's great, but I'm just saying, like, we don't have a uh, like. They still why haven't they made a Black Widow movie? Everyone wants it. Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson's great; she's great in it. But that's it's very important that you introduce Wonder Woman because she is the female superhero. Mm-hmm. It's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. That's they're the Trinity. My thing is, I I don't want all these extra characters to take away from the central conflict. Exactly. Like, if you spend too much time on, like, you know, introducing Aquaman and, like, Cyborg and, and like, oh, Wonder Woman's involved, too. If you spend too much time trying to, like, make sure everybody mm-hmm. gets their 15 minutes of fame, now all of a sudden you're 15, 30, 45, an hour out of what should be a Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah. So if they could do a really good job, and I, I have full confidence in Zack Snyder. Me, too. Like, um... He's really good with balancing multiple characters. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's great with, like, sticking to the source material. You know, and like and like enriching the source material, mm-hmm. unlike J.J. Abrams. But uh, hey, he's got your baby, <laughs> and apparently, don't. Oh JJ. yeah, so the other thing. No, wait, that wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. Okay, so the other thing that happened in Comic Con was the first time ever in the forty, uh, I think thirty or forty years that Comic Con's been around. Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con that we keep saying. There's Comic Cons all over the country, but mm-hmm. San Diego International is the main. Comic-Con, it's what started it all, basically. It's been around since the 70s, late 70s. Star Wars, which is probably the, the epitome of pop culture, mm-hmm. has never been there. And this year, for the first time ever, they brought the entire cast there. I saw the pictures. They brought the entire cast great. there for um, to promote Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which is directed by Lucas Fairburn on the favorite uh, uh, planet. J.J. Abrams, the no. guy who... Uh, apparently ruined... Ruined Star Trek. He didn't ruin Star he Trek. He did ruin Star he didn't Trek. Ruin Star Trek. Those Star Trek films were worse than The Undiscovered Country, and that's saying something. I like the first Star Trek. It's because you're a fool and a coward. You like, you like that movie. It is a good it's movie. It's a good movie. It's an awful Star Trek film. Well, hopefully. And the second movie wasn't even a good movie. I like the, I, like the, I just love Benedict Cumberbatch. I'll see anything he's in. But regardless. So, um, they didn't show they didn't show any new footage. They didn't, uh, no new trailer, nothing. Mm -hmm. They showed it behind the scenes, which was apparently worth it. Um, And, uh, yeah, they brought, you know, they brought Hamill and uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher on stage at Comic-Con, which is, like, insane to think about. Just all of them there. A room full of nerds needed a change of pants. Exactly. (laughs) In unison. Yeah. The entire crowd. As if a million voices cried out at once (laughs) and were suddenly silenced. Yeah, they ruined their pants. Yeah. The whole crowd is um, pretty sick. I guess I'm excited for New York Comic Con. 
They're not gonna be there. They're not gonna be there, but something will be there from Star Wars. No. Probably yeah. not. Probably, yeah. Something. I don't know, man. Like, the biggest thing that was at New York Comic Con last year, the, Isn't the movie coming out this year? Yes. In December? Yes. And when is New York Comic Con? October. They don't need... Like, what is, like, the number one movie they're never gonna need to promote? Star Wars. MacGruber 2? They're definitely gonna need to promote that. <laughs> I'm gonna promote that movie. Listen, here, it's a great movie. <laughs> Have you seen MacGruber? Yeah. Oh, what did you think? Uh, you need to watch it more times. <laughs> you need to watch it more times. That's like our, our litmus test for, for people sometimes. Have you exactly. seen MacGruber? Yes. What'd you think of it? What'd you think? <laughs> Honestly. No. But yeah, no, it's... it. I think... If anything's gonna beat... Like, uh, Avatar or Titanic or who the fuck holds the record now? I don't even know. Fast 7? No, I think it was the fastest to... No pun intended, but a little bit. Was it also the furiousest? It was the furiousest to uh, a billion dollars, but it wasn't... At... What's that one, the Guardians of the Galaxy? It was in that up there, too? <sighs> That's a great fucking movie, too. But no, yeah, yeah, that, that made a lot. I don't think it... I don't know if it cracked the top ten highest grossing. I know Fast is up there. I know Jurassic World is up there now. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. It keeps making money, man. It won't stop. <laughs> it was the second... Um, it was the second movie. Uh, Minions had uh, Minions, the new uh, Despicable Me spinoff, had the most. It was like 115 million, something crazy. Second highest animated opening of all time. Mm-hmm. And then Jurassic World was like 18 million on its like second month of being <laughs> another 18 million it made this weekend. Crazy, but yeah. So uh, I don't think you need to promote what is probably going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to see Everyone it. Everyone is going to see it. I'm going to see it twice that day. No, I need some breathing room in between. Nope. We've already discussed my strategy for seeing the film. What is the strategy for seeing the film? The strategy for seeing the film is I'm going to go see it in the midnight release. I will probably not get dressed up for it, he says in a never-raising picture voice. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go see it at midnight. I'm not going to judge it. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to sit in a room with other people, and I'm just going to enjoy it. And, I hope I'm one of the other people. <laughs> just, probably. Um, and just, you know, cheer if there's cheering and, and just, like, clap and, and just enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to come back, like, a week later to, like, an 11 a.m. showing where no one comes. And I'm just going to sit and critique the shit yeah. out of it. You're just going to be like... I'm going to bring my clipboard <laughs> several right different colored notes. pens. <laughs> write down notes. Um, and you, Rain Man? Yeah. yeah. It's Rain Man of Star Rain Wars. Rain Man of Star Wars. Uh, do, did you watch any of the Star Wars films, like, growing up? Um, you ever into him? Attack of the Clones? Was that one of them? Uh, <laughs> he named the worst one. He named the worst one. Well, I watched it. doesn't mean I liked it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, so basically, this is uh, it's a little redemption for George Lucas destroying the franchise with those George Lucas films. has nothing to do with this movie. With, the, God. with 1, 2, and 3. So what's your favorite J.J. Uh, Abrams film anyway? None of them. No, I liked... Um, Actually, shit. Super 8? Super 8. Super 8 was really good. That's a great fucking movie. I don't know if you've seen that you ever one. Seen that? that was a totally original movie, as far as I know. Yeah, it was him and, uh, him, I know him and Spielberg produced it. It was one of those movies that where we sometimes do a thing where we won't watch any trailers. Yes. Okay. And we did it for District 9. Oh. And we didn't watch any trailers, any TV spots. We went in and we loved it. We did the same thing for yeah, Super 8. Great, we went yeah. in and we loved it. Um, yeah, basically, the, it's a, it's kind of like a play on the... Not the fa- a little bit on the found little, footage. Yeah. Basically, it's it takes place in like the late seventies, mm-hmm. and these kids are really into making movies. 
and they make it on this little Super 8 camera, like the little box one with the film and everything. And um, they're filming this scene in a, in a train yard, and all of a sudden, uh, this uh, the, it's like a train like uh, derails, and it's this you know um, explosion basically, and a monster, like a monster gets loose out of the train cars. It was like a government project. Holy Jesus shit! Giant Speaking bug. of monsters, <laughs> yeah, yeah, giant bug. Get out of here! Um, basically, this this movie about these kids trying to make this movie ends up into this monster film, kind of like uh, Cloverfield, and it's just so cool. And it's just like it was just really different. Mm-hmm. As you know, J.J. Abrams has a great eye for for cinematography, and he has a really good eye for story. But he fucked up Star Trek really badly, and I'm still bitter about that. And I'll always be bitter about that. It's still alive. Yeah, I'm gonna get it later. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> I'm really hoping JJ does a good job. I'm going in. I mean, JJ, listen. real talk here. I know you listen. I know you do. <laughs> um, I'm going into it with no expectations on both viewings. Also, put me in episode eight. Also, <laughs> I'd make a really good Sith word in episode eight. I've already got the red lightsaber. Um, Hit me up. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm excited for that. And like, uh, I'm going to kill this thing. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, for people who can't see what's happening. Yeah, there's like a. a Giant ass bug is. You know what the problem is? Is that we live in South Jersey, and like South Jersey is just rife with all types of weird ass insects, and they. I think they like Mm. like manifest here. Yeah, (laughs) just kind of appear. Yeah, I don't see bugs anywhere else. To be honest, like yeah, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Yeah, I was in Philly a couple days ago. I didn't see any bugs. No no, no bugs. Damn bug. No one bugs. They're all they're all in Jersey. Um, Actually, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, working for the paper, I, I came across this, uh, some of the studies, yougov.com, basically, they do a lot of, like, giant fucking bug. Um, they do these, like, polling, like, it's, like, if you go on the website, they'll just ask you a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. and, uh, they can, you know, they're political questions, stop looking at the bug, political questions, uh, you know, ge- geographical questions, all this, whatever, and they found all this data, and it, and it showed that New Jersey is the only state in the United States that isn't, uh, is, it's like the least liked state, but it's also the only one that is not liked. Like, so all of them, uh, all of the states are green, mm-hmm. and New Jersey's red. It's like, literally has a favor, it's got a very low favorability Well, you rating. know what? Everyone else can go fuck themselves. That's right. And fuck, that's, fuck and you guys. Fuck you guys. And that's why people hate Jersey, because of our attitude. You know why? No, it's because they fucking suck. That's right. Fuck those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been to, like, six states in the last two weeks, and what do they do in those states? Like, like there's no fun. They don't, they don't know how to drive. They don't know how to drink. Oh, they don't know how to do fucking anything. That's right. And you know what? They don't have any fucking bugs. And you know what else? <laughs> Fuck those other 49 states. That's right. They're just jealous. That's right. Unless you listen and you don't, uh, and you're not from Jersey. Right. We love you. We love you specifically, you. but everyone else can go fuck themselves. Exactly. Your state, um, we don't really like that much, but we like you. And I think on on that note... I think that's a good note. <laughs> we're going to have to edit that out. No, no we'll leave that we're not going to leave that out. I, I don't feel like editing. That's right. Uh, but yeah, uh, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. I had a great time. Um, and uh, thank you for bringing over this really cool beer. Uh, once again, that's the Love Child number nine, uh, number five. five. Number five, it's a sour You're ale. Of low, low potion I love number nine. Number nine. <laughs> Not the same thing. Uh, Love Child number five, sour ale from Boulevard. It's part of the uh, what is it? The smokestack. Smoke stack. I'm keep saying smokehouse. When I say when I think of smokestack, I'm thinking of like I'm gonna go to Burger King and get like a, a giant sandwich. But no, <laughs> disgusting. 
No. Just the one in Mana Hawkins. Terrible. Oh, it is pretty bad. Oh, yeah. I used to live across the street from it. Um, but, but yeah, so uh, pick that up if you can find it. Uh, Todd is a uh, he's an avid beer trader, and it took him forever to find that beer. So if you see it, grab it and send it to us because we we would really like it some mm-hmm. more. If you see Todd. Don't grab him. Don't grab him. <laughs> Introduce yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> grab the beer and give it to Todd. He's, he's pretty chill. Don't don't just come up and grab him and think he's going to give you a love child. You can't, like, shake him and he's going to drop it like a video game character. No. Um, but, yeah, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, do the thing. Oh, yeah. Oh! He swatted it swat. He's done. I killed yeah. that bug. It's um, well, that's going to wrap it up here for another episode of News Over Brews. I'm Al Manorino. And uh, I'm really glad Ryan's out here. I'm Lucas Jones, and I miss Ryan, but I could get used to this. I can get used to Todd. Yeah. yeah, hey, great beer. Uh, Sign yourself off. Good conversation. And I'm Todd Kaiser, and maybe I'll be back. Uh, we hope so. That is a bold statement. Ryan, you're on notice. Thanks for listening.